Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Faith Lutheran Church. My name is Candace Wassell. I'm the pastor here at Faith. It is such a joy to have you visit with us. You are welcome, so welcome in every part of Faith's community. You are welcome to join us in person at worship on Sundays. You're welcome to visit us online. You're welcome in our mission, in our fellowship, and most important, you are welcome at the Lord's table. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the people and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Congregation may be seated. Well, grace to you and peace from God, our creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm glad to be back with you after a week off. I heard that Pastor Weirs gave a great sermon last week. So let's all just take a minute and re recalibrate our expectations. <laughs> all right, <laughs> bring them down a little bit. So in a text, uh, that every text we read every week, it seems like there is always kind of a bad guy, a foil, an anti-gospel figure who serves as an example for us of what not to do. But that's not really the case this week. I can't point to a person in the text and say, don't do that. So instead, I am going to point at you. Not to say, don't do that, but to say that this text is about you. About you and no one else. Jesus is calling his first disciples but he is really calling you today. So picture yourself, if you will, standing on the shoreline of the Sea of Galilee, feet sore from a long day's work, clothes damp from sweat and salt water. And you look down in your hands to see your fingers tightly wrapped around a coarse weathered fishing net. Only today it's about you, so it's not a fishing net. It's a way of life familiar to you, a path no longer meant for you. And it's time to let go. Doesn't mean that what you're holding on to isn't good. 
doesn't mean that it's bad. It might be, it might be either of those things, but it doesn't have to be. But if this text is about you, then it's clearly time to drop those nets. Now these brothers make it look easy, both sets. Peter and Andrew, James and John, they immediately drop their nets and they leave. But who knows what's going on in their heads and hearts? And who knows what they had to say to each other? What we can know is that it was risky and hard to drop the nets. And we know that for starters because the opening line of this text tells us that John has just been arrested. It is dangerous business to follow Jesus and to talk about the kingdom of God. And we can also hear the difficulty in the word Matthew chooses. He says they left their nets. They left the boat. The word left is a fami, a fiami. In Greek, it literally means abandoned, abandoned. That's harder than just leaving. And the connotation there is important for us. It's like abandoning a sinking ship for the uncertain terror of open water. You don't want to do it, but you kind of have to. It's hard. And yet they did it. And they did it for a very specific purpose. Jesus says, I will make you fish for people. And again, we have to look at a single word. Jesus says, I will make. And the word here he uses is poieo. In Greek, it literally means to author. To author. Jesus, I love this, is saying, I am going to author your next steps. This call is not a negotiation between colleagues. And that's a tough one, especially if this text is about you. Because there are times that we'd like to believe that our following Jesus is a group effort, that we are on a team with him. Even in that 1 Corinthians text, we argue about teams. we got to involve all kinds of people. But most of the time, we want to believe that we are on a team with Jesus, that Jesus needs our input into what we should do next with our lives. Sometimes Jesus is collaborating with us. That is true. Sometimes Jesus is collaborating with us. But today, he is clearly not, and that is a good thing. It's a good thing to give Jesus control. Have you ever heard the saying, a camel is a horse designed by a committee? Have you ever heard this, right? It was coined by Alec Izzyganois. He is the designer of the original 1959 Mini. This cute little guy. Alec refused to share creative control over his idea for this little car, and it became one of the most successful cars of all time. It is the forerunner of the Mini Cooper that is so cute that, you know, runs around all over town. This car has been voted the second most influential car of the 20th century, but it also became a poster child for creative control. 
The Mini Cooper became an icon largely because it didn't fall prey to design by committee. Alec refused to share design creativity. Contrast this with the Pontiac Aztec. <laughs> Launched by General Motors in 2001, GM executives wanted to cross, get this, a Camaro with an SUV. So they put together a team of top designers to work on it. And near the end, they had come up with something. And then another executive got involved and said, you know, we also need some components of the minivan. So when it was all done, what they put on the showroom floor is widely considered to be one of the worst vehicles of all time. It was beloved as a concept car, but it has become a punchline for committee work. It's been called a monstrosity, a blobfish, a Frankenstein. Car and Driver Magazine called it a car that should now only live in memory. It is always a top contender on lists of the ugliest cars. If you happen to be someone who owned an Aztec, I'm sorry. Mostly I'm sorry because it appears you have terrible taste. But the point is, here's what I'm trying to say. Sometimes committee work goes awry, and it is not the answer. And today is one of those days. Sometimes one person needs to be in charge of your life, and it is not you. The gospel today is not about being called to committee work with Jesus. Jesus is not asking you if he can be on your team. Today, the gospel is about letting Jesus author your next steps. And sometimes that means dropping the nets you're holding on to and giving Jesus creative control of your life. Whatever those nets are, whether you're holding on to a habit that's not helpful, a job that's not life-giving, people or places or hurt or anger or fear, Whatever it is, Jesus is calling on you to put it down and let him author your steps. And maybe that feels like a terrible risk. But for the disciples, the risk in hanging on to the nets turns out to be greater than the risk of letting go. Because did you see in the text where Jesus takes them next? In Matthew 4, 23, and I'll just read it to you real quick. He finishes calling them, and then he goes throughout the synagogue and starts proclaiming the good news of the king kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. And all around him were brought to him people who were sick, those with diseases and pains, epileptics, paralytics, and he cured them. They let go of what they were holding on to because Jesus was calling them to a new purpose, a new place, a new way of life where healing is possible and their presence is needed. And if, it's, if this is indeed about you today, then it is about Jesus calling you to a different place, 
where people are waiting for your presence, your love, your healing, your forgiveness, your skill set. Jesus is inviting you in this story to let go, to take the risk, to let him author your next steps. And the greater risk is in ignoring what he is trying to get through to you. But also know that Jesus isn't just asking us to throw caution to the wind. It might feel like you are hanging on to a ledge, whatever it is you got going on. And Jesus is asking you from eight stories down to let go. But in actuality, when we let go of what we're hanging on to, because it's Jesus we're falling to, it turns out we were only ever a foot off the ground in the first place. Now, what does this look like? What does it look like? Well, I was called to be the associate pastor here. I am entering my ninth year at Faith. I know, it's intense. The tenth year, I'll expect a party, just so everybody knows. Now, nine years ago, I was a single mom of two kids. And I was struggling financially, even with full-time ministry work. So I was ecstatic when a nonprofit called Crossings, a little theological magazine, asked me to be their executive director. And it was just a little job. It was about seven hours a week. And so I was able to do that and be the associate here. And it was a godsend to me. Until about four years ago, when I was newly married and then I had this baby. And then it was really hard. I was struggling to do everything well, to be a parent to older children, to be a parent to a baby, to be a, a wife, a mother, a pastor, an executive director. I was struggling to hold it all together, but I was convinced I still needed this extra income, and I did to some extent, but it wasn't working. But that working didn't stop me from hanging on for dear life. And finally... Kevin, my husband, said to me, maybe you just need to have a little faith, Candace. So I did. And I quit crossings, even though I was terrified of what would happen. But then, four months later, you all called me to be your senior pastor. And it covered the gaps. I'm not saying I'm a hero in that story. I didn't have courage. It took someone else holding up my faith in front of me to convince me to let go and reminding me that I actually was a person of faith and I needed to trust. But I think that what's this, that this story is about, but I think that's what this story about these brothers dropping the nets does for us. It all seems so simple for them. And maybe it is simple. It's just a mirror showing you your faith. Maybe it's a little thing you know it's time to let go of. But maybe it's not so simple, and maybe it's bigger than that, and it's harder and scarier than you think. Either way, trust. Trust in the work Jesus has begun today by placing this text before you. 
Trust it is the beginning of the courage and strength you need. Trust in the plans waiting for you. Trust in this great author who calls you to paths unknown, paths of service and hope and healing and new purpose. I can't wait to see what it means for you and for us and for me. Thanks be to God. Amen. The most valuable message we have to share at Faith is the promise we have in Jesus. We come together every Sunday to share this good news in the reading of Scripture and sharing of Holy Communion. It is these two acts of worship that we learn of the forgiveness, peace, and joy that Jesus has won for us on the cross. These gifts also belong to you, and we hope you will feel welcome to receive them. After we've shared worship together, we trust that we are ready to be sent out into the world to serve our neighbor, and you're welcome to join us in that great work as well. There are so many opportunities at Faith to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. It's what we feel called to do. It's what we're passionate about. Above all, I want to encourage you in your faith. No matter where you're at in your journey with Christ, you are welcome to visit faith as often as you are able. But whatever you do, keep searching. There is a church family set aside just for you. And I trust the Holy Spirit will place you right where you need to be. Mm -hmm.